Good old boys. I'm Mark. Bog beef. Fredo. Still got it? Never lost it. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Politics, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Republicans, Democrats, blah, 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 blah. 829. Not 10, 10 minutes past the hour. <laughs> yeah, traffic and weather coming at the top of the hour. We should, uh, well, I guess we're on too late at night. Like, it would actually be dope if we did at the top of every hour do traffic. <laughs> just for random places. <laughs> <laughs> we got Beavis and Beaver coming at you at 8 o'clock in the morning to drive. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if we want to do too much bullshitting beforehand. Not a lot going on. Um, I mean, in terms of uh, every single time I drive my truck somewhere, I get like two to three compliments. Uh, today, someone's literally said, that's the best truck I've ever seen. I was like, that's damn. high praise, man. That's that's. <laughs> I was like, calm that's down, no man. Joke. Yeah. I I can't decide whether or not to get a tool get a a toolbox because like I would imagine like if you went to a car show it would like you wouldn't like if I'm looking at that in my truck in a magazine I don't want to see it with a toolbox I want to see how it came from the factory which by the way um I don't watch much TV but when I watch TV I watch uh I already said it, the Cowboy Channel and Motor Trend and um last episode they have these uh these shows where they fix up cars and stuff man this dude took in this uh they said yeah we're we're fixing up this this uh 72 barracuda i was like oh that's my favorite car let's see uh we'll see if they can get it going you know back to showroom uh, and um he put they put in like these giant sound system lowered it neon lights and stuff like that uh. and like i have been sick ever since I remember watching. I was thinking, like, this better not be a white guy. This better not be a white guy. Yeah, it, this this effing boomer, like seventy years old. It's like I need these giant subwoofer. Like, what the fuck are you? Sorry, what are you doing? It looks retarded. Uh, I don't like that stuff either. I'm not even like the purest of purists, right? Resto mods can be okay, but they have to stick to the spirit of the original era. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a '57 Chevy. And when you're cruising, you want, I'm just going to throw this out there. You want satellite radio. They actually make head units that have satellite radio that look period appropriate. If you want to yeah. put that in and keep your original head unit, you know, keep that, keep it aside, whatever. Like I'm totally cool with that, but lowered neon weird giant rims. I hate that too on old cars. I mean, old cars just had smaller rims. That's how things were back then. That kind of stuff I don't like. So, do, so, like a '57 Chevy back then, did did cars come with cigarette lighters? Yeah, yeah, Every, yeah. But a lot of times, multiple. Yeah. Okay. So, if you have a '57 Chevy and you want to listen to your music in it, you go on you go on Amazon.com and you get you one of those Bluetooth radio things that'll. That's you what know, I do. You, yeah, that's that's what I do in my car too. And then you, you can just go on your FM radio, boom, tune it to the set, and you can listen to like. And if you're in if you're in a '57 Chevy, you should be like riding around listening to like, you know, bop, yeah, bop music, right? You, sh you should be listening to that. You should be listening to like the old R and B tunes and stuff. You know what I mean? You don't need to be rolling up in the '57 Chevy and listening to like techno. That would be wrong. See, don't you think? They're like, okay, the part of this is like into like. Okay, if you 
jig up a car. Like there's like a scale <laughs> here. Okay, so I'm first, sorry if you what? If you like first off, if you're gonna do a 69 Camaro, well that's bad. But like if you do like a, a SS with numbers matching and stuff like that, you're you're an arsler. Like you you like you're in something is seriously wrong. <laughs> like you know, you could do like a Nova, I guess. You know, they made a billion a billion novas and you could get one for like 10 grand and you could put all the s on it but it's just unbelievable man and you know the, the what happened with it we've already done this before with the pimp my ride stuff and there's been articles about this afterwards that all those people that took their vehicles on pimp my ride those cars were worthless afterwards they look so tacky like uh the, as soon as the moment passes uh and I mean, they look tacky then, but I guess some people didn't think so. But just thinking, what is the hell is wrong with you, man? I remember like the other day I was driving my truck, which is bone stock. There's nothing done to it. It looks like it's got the hubcaps on. It looks like you bought it in Ford in 1986. And it does like, like I said, people say that's the best looking truck I've ever seen. It's just like Ford made. The thing is you don't improve it by dicking with it. The other day I was I was driving down the road and I passed by a dude in a mid 80s box Chevy short bed standard cab. That's a very nice truck to have. That's I mean, that's an awesome truck. And it was slammed to the ground with big ass rims. White guy. White as a carton of milk. And not, remember, not good. Not good. I remember I looked at him and he looked at me and there had to be a moment where he <laughs> thought in his head, like, why did I do this to my truck? Like, like this looks like shit. And I did like, like Ford, you know, they had, they had really smart guys. Think about how much combined I uh, think or Chevy in his case, think how much b b combined IQ went into making that truck and making it just right. And, uh, you know, you roofer is like, no, I'm going to fix this shit up, dog. No, it looks stupid. <laughs> But I think like I looked at him, he looked at me and I think at that moment he might've had a breakthrough. Here's the one thing I am okay with. And I'm curious to see if you agree with me on this bog beef. If you buy a, I don't know, uh, let's say you bought like a, a V6 Chevelle, right? And yeah. you, te you tear the engine out, you put like, you know, a board out 383 on it, you repaint it and you change the badging to SS badging. Like it's not an original SS, but you like you upgraded it in a period appropriate way to an SS. I'm okay with that. Here, here's things that are fine. Okay. First off, if you start out with something that was wrecked, do whatever you want. You know, you, you, you're having to do it all, do it all custom whatever. Um, if you have like, if you have something rare numbers matching and stuff like that, and you you want to you want uh something uh bizarre just sell it sell it to to someone who will keep that car like it's supposed to be okay uh i mean so by the way this also goes for the gun market everyone is surely uh, people have been trained by the uh forgotten weapons channel he makes sure to tell people uh you don't make a uh like a carcano cooler by putting a carbon fiber stock on it you ruin it sir let me tell you and I might have told you this already, but the 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 everybody needs to hear it. And I won't I won't name and shame, but members of my family, there was a a dispute over an antique firearm. And the antique firearm was a 1940 Luger, made in the, made in the Mauser factory. And one of my family members, after it was inherited, wanted to sell it and buy a quote unquote 
nine millimeter that's easier to load because this one's too hard to load. I wanted to sell it and buy like a, a I don't know, a, a, a Glock or whatever. You know well, what I'm the, the, yeah, the, uh, my like c comparable thing to this is like, you know, we've talked about it on the show before. Like I know how to do charcoal bluing. I've gotten pretty good at it, metal refinishing, all that sort of stuff. But there are certain things that like I won't do that to, even though like I think I do a pretty damn good job at this point from doing it. I'll give you an example. I have a from the CMP. I have a 1911 that was used in World War Two. I don't mess with that. Right. Like I'm not going to. like oh, Hell yeah. Like, I'm not going to refinish a pistol like that. On the other hand, like, if I buy something that was a commercial pistol, like, that's the difference, right? If this was a commercially sold pistol, uh, and that I will, like, if the, if the, you know, uh, the finish on that is beat up, I'm going to strip it. I'm going to polish it. I'm going to reblue it because I enjoy having something really beautiful. I do it in a period appropriate way, right? So it, try to make it look as close as possible as I can, what it looked like when it rolled off the factory floor. And, you know, most of the stuff I had mid-century. So 1950s, 1960s, uh, most of the time in, in my case. But, like, you don't do that to, like, uh, you know, the, like, like the best example I have is that, that 1911 from World War II. Yeah, you're getting, you're getting you're some getting, robot voice. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, that's the, the greatest sin in... Uh, if if you watch if you watch uh, gun YouTubers, did you see that? Did you see that Garand thumb video where he shot a a like a Garand that Post Malone, the 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 music guy, you know, with the face tattoos, he took a like a, a tanker Garand, which is like basically a shorter a shorter version of it, and he he made it tactical, right? He put he put all kinds of optics and redid everything, so it's like basically a new weapon now, and, and uh. That that's kind of a sin, right? You you can't you can't do that to a Garand. You can't like, imagine taking like taking a Garand and and like fitting it with like a, a like making it black and and putting a a you know, reflex sight on it and shit like that. You just can't do that. It ain't right. No, you. Well, I mean, if you want that, which by the way, uh, the Italians made the BM fifty nine, which is a Garand with box magazines. There you go. Do that, and they sold it on the market. So, it, I mean, there's there's a philosophical thing because you know part of it. So, like you know, the, with the Luger thing, um, the Luger is the collector pistol. And the thing about own, like, remember when you own a Luger, you're just the and Jay Leno's good at explaining this. There's a lot of like people when they have like really exquisite collections, they get to understand <laughs> this because they're like, um, it's not yours. It's just your turn. Yes. <laughs> you're you're it's yes it's like dating a stripper um <laughs> someone else is gonna have this one day you're just taking care of, of cheyenne <laughs> for a while and so uh your job is to uh not let her get any tattoos well anyways i'm not gonna break off of that but um yeah your job is just to take care of it for the future and I mean, and like, remember, this depends. There's a scale, right? So, like, it a lot. Of, a lot of it depends on how many of them are out there. So, like, you know that that mid '60s Mustang. I mean, they made a lot of those. I mean, they made a lot of them. You're not really gonna do anything wrong if you messed up stuff with that. The other thing with the cars. I mean, the way I feel about it is, if you 
Um, if you have something that's not like super rare, not super not numbers matching and stuff like that, and you start doing stuff to it, what you can do is like that we like we start out with the resto mod, and the resto mod was like, hmm, um, I'm gonna like keep it some. I'm not gonna like uh like uh put neons and spinners on it, but I'm going to like uh put like modern modern stuff on it. Like we need to advance to the next level. And because by the way, these things are getting rare. I mean, in the eighties, these in the eighties muscle cars and, and like these kinds of things were free. You like, you could just go buy a 68 charger for 3,500 bucks and uh, they would chop the hell out of it. Put two of them together. High school kids would drive them around. Yeah. Yeah. It was no problem, but we don't live in that world. As these things get rare, the resto mod guys, which by the way, I'm talking about Joe Rogan too. You have chopped up. He's chopped up the 68, uh, 63 Corvette at this point. Now he's done another one and he's resto modem. It was like, no, we need to get to a point now where, okay, I understand that you don't want to get broke down or deal with carburetors or whatever. You need to, uh, do drivable mods, but keep it stealth. Like, you know, um, you know, if these cars, they had those sticks. They had four speed. You know, you could put a six speed in there and just leave the same shifter on there. You can't tell. The shifters still say one through four. Real you, com real common version of that in Chevys is you can take a like a, a Chevy from the sixties or whatever, and you can put a modern LS series motor in it. Like there's even a bracket I think you can get so it sits correctly in there. Yeah. I mean that's it, that has to be acceptable just because the price of LS, as I understand. However, if you got a lot of money, if you're Joe Rogan, there's no excuse. You should just be you, you can have you can pay somebody to do to fix that shit for you. Just yeah. try, just drive the original OG. Yeah, exactly. Do these people know how to have fun with their money? It doesn't seem like it. And, and like here's what they really need to do. Joe Rogan needs to take that that Corvette that he's done stuff to and put it next to one that's restored original. And this will cure you of this because you'll say like, like in, in like by themselves, those big rims I put on them, like those rims do look cooler than stock 63 Corvette rims, but it doesn't look, but put together, it's not as cool as it was. Anyways. Um, the other thing that you can do is mod a car like they did back then. That's okay. Um, but they didn't do much back then, but you know, they, they put the ass end up in the air and stuff like that. Um, Anyways, uh, yeah. Or if you put, if you want to put a spoiler on, but a spoiler that's appropriate for that period, you know what I mean, like that kind of stuff. Or like I, I also think tea buckets are fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that that's an int like I don't know enough, but I do. I've heard this that like in the late '60s and the early '70s, this doesn't totally make sense, but I've heard this that like. If you were a hot rodder and you went to drag racing and stuff, like, yeah, there were guys that bought new, you know, that, that would do like new Hemis and stuff like that. But the real guys had like the 32 Fords with the fenders taken off and the roof chopped and stuff. Yeah, that was real. I mean, that's they started doing that, obviously, in the 50s, right? That's mm -hmm. when they started taking those cars from that era and doing that. But, yeah, my understanding is that's correct just because those cars... I mean, they were death traps when you put that giant ass engine in it, right? But the the point was the car weighed like nothing because it was supposed to have a 
you know, a top speed of like 50 miles an hour or whatever. And then they would put what was for the era, like a modern motor in it. And it's, I mean, imagine having like a 350 Chevy motor in like a, you know, a glorified go-kart. Like that's, that's basically what they were doing, how fast that would go. Yeah. And it's got no fenders. So they would just like, you can put whatever size tires you can find on there. Um, anyways. Okay. Anyway, the Buick of Theseus debate is pretty, is pretty good, but you know, they did arrest the president of the United States today. That happened. Former U.S. President Donald Trump, put an asterisk former, has been arrested and charged with 34 felony counts related to business fraud. The man who spent four years in the White House is brought before a judge on Tuesday and pled not guilty to all charges. Uh, my first question about this, Fredo, like, he was charged with, like, 34 counts because like, every time he paid, every time he wrote a check to, to Cohen, that, that, that's a felony charge? Is that how this works? Yeah, I mean, the, the it's tenuous. So the idea was falsifying business records in New York is a uh, it is a crime is a felony only if done to cover up some other type of crime. That's the tricky part about this whole thing. Right. Uh, the claim is that he did. These were what are called like catch and kill stories. In other words, he was cutting these checks to kill negative stories that were going to surface. He some had of them the, were fake, by the way. One, at least one of them was somebody who was lying, but he paid them off anyway because it was better to, to not have the story in the news. Yeah, exactly. And that's I don't think that's even an unusual thing. Um, the, the under what makes it weird are a couple things. Number one, the underlying crime was that it had was was one of two things a that it was an elect and this it's not specified by the way in the indictment which one of the two things it is it just says something like underlying crime or anything like that and they add they asked Alvin Bragg about it today and he said oh well we're not required to specify um you know at this point in the in the process so i mean it was either a like a violation of federal elections law or b uh, going back to the old thing that they could never make stick, that it was doing something with intent to influence the outcome of the election, which doesn't even make sense how that law <laughs> would be enforceable. But it is like it is a thing that exists. I don't think anyone's I don't know that anyone's ever been tried under it, but it is like an actual thing that exists. So the idea here is that each one of those payments was done you know, either to quote unquote influ falsifying a business record to influence the election or that was a violation of federal elections crimes. So even like the other interesting part about this, despite the a, the fact that the underlying crime that it was done to cover up, which is a necessary factor to make it a felony is so vague and potentially unprovable. The second part is it's unclear under New York law, whether if the crime in question is federal that it was used to cover up, whether the New York law even applies, that's an open question that's never been determined by a New York court. So it's, there's a lot of stuff going on there. I think this shit is serious. I mean, like, um, uh, if this was meant to demoralize people, I mean, it worked on me. Cause I mean, uh, this is like, this is a huge, huge flex and like immediately the thought is immediately my thought was there is no republican that is even remotely close to understanding what time it is i mean 
Well, there was, I mean, DeSantis did put forward what needs to be done. I mean, like, here's the deal. Uh, the, the Democrats have figured out they have something very powerful uh, at their hands. First, Soros figured out the DA, the DA bit, which was genius, which, I mean, you could control a city if you can control the DA. That was step one. That was like, damn. We can like, we can make sure no one goes, we can, we can sort of, uh, make sure, n let people, uh, forgive, let, forget, let people do whatever they want, et cetera, or let them make them not face legal consequences for doing stuff. So I could have you go burn a house, burn a house down. And if, if this guy's my payroll, he could just start charging. That's just step for, one. Just, and just for the record, Alvin Bragg, the DA who's charging the president of the United States with this, with these crimes is a, was somebody that George Soros funded him. Yes. And now step two, uh, maybe step two and a half. I mean, maybe step one and a half is that the judge is, uh, like a guy that takes every one of it, takes every dollar he makes and donates to the Democrat party. Uh, but which goes, but step two is realizing, okay, so like, that's the power to not charge. I mean, to not go to jail, to not charge. Then they realize if we, but we could also charge people, take them to a jury in either DC or Manhattan. And we, we could like, we could like just, uh, like win, uh, win frivolous cases against Republicans whenever we want. This is, this is serious steez. And there, I haven't heard in all, all, like, I'm seriously like, uh, like, Every second that I hear this, like, well, the shoe is on the other foot. Well, oh, this would never like the, 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 the thing, the, the hypocrisy thing like that. Like I'm done with that. Like, uh, seriously, like there's like, th th this is the thing about talking about hypocrisy and all, by the way, this is also talking about the, the viral video thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, by the way, well, here, let, let's, let's throw out this little stat here and other people. I mean, this is, this is, Kind of, this is even made it to Fox News level talking point, right? Uh, Bra you know, Bragg has served a year, a year and some change as a DA, I think. Uh, his his first twenty two was his first year. He reduced more than half of the felony cases to misdemeanors. So if you committed a felony in New York, he busted the felony down to a misdemeanor to to you know, to let, to get you less time in prison. And he famously charged that bodega worker, tried to charge it with murder. There was another, <laughs> there was another, there, there have been multiple cases in New York, in New York city where somebody defending themselves was, they were going to charge them with murder. And usually they had to stop because of outcry. So like the, so the, the idea here is like, we, we, we've touched on anarcho tyranny before the, the idea that you have, this these two separate legal tracks you have you have one for i don't want to say like the, people you say the underclass but not really you're for your friends and they're allowed to rape murder mug do whatever and you're going to do whatever you can to keep them out of jail and then the other one is for your enemies who will every single every law will be you use every avenue to to go after them no matter how tenuous no matter how how piddly it is and we were just talking with samuel urban the illegitimate scholar the other day you know, there are so many laws on the books 
that you can you can vi- you can be violating federal or state law pretty much multiple times a day and not even realize it. But the thing is, if if there's a guy, if like there's a guy like Alvin Bragg whose job it is is to figure out how to put you in jail because you're his political enemy, you're never safe, ever. And meanwhile, the guy who's carjacking you is going to get a slap on the wrist. Like this is this is the very this is the the most basic idea. Yeah, yeah I, I said something today to this effect in a different context, but. You have to understand that, like, if you live in Florida or you know, pick your state, whatever, and you have, let's say, you have to go to New York or DC or Boston or San Francisco for work. When you're there, you have to change your perception that mm-hmm. you're, you're effect, you're in a foreign country that's hostile to you, and you need to stay out of trouble because if you get into trouble. There's no like legal protections that you have. There's no due process. It's it would be like you rabble rousing in Beijing. Like that's how like you have to look at it when you're in those places. In fact, you'd be safer in Beijing as an American because you actually would have the US embassy trying to protect you. <laughs> then you nobody's gonna come save you in New York. So like I, I mean, I don't want to overstate the issue too much, but like you need to really watch your P's and Q's when you're those place in, in those places and you should stay out of them as frequently as possible. Now, the white pill is there's a huge opportunity here. Places like Florida and Texas or whatever can, on a broader scale, the more this goes on, just stop extraditing. And then that's a serious change in the constitutional order. That's a real exercise of power, and that has the potential to you know, snowball in other directions in terms of getting some of these places not being really under federal control. This is yeah. what we have to do. This is like, well, go ahead, but, but, go ahead. I just want to make a small point about this. This is the problem. And, uh, you know, there was a, <laughs> there was a, like a, not a, vi- not viral, but kind of viral in our sphere tweet about, you know, the extradition. And, and I, t- I tweeted what I have said here on this podcast before, you know, the, they created the justice department to allow them to do stuff, do stuff like this, which is like, even if we stop the extradition, even if even if you know Florida stopped extraditing people to New York, uh, the the other example, the other guy we're going to talk about later, the the guy who got arrested and tried and convicted for the memes, they, they can still send the federal police to come and get you in in Florida, and, and you know, yeah, Florida cannot cannot cooperate with the FBI, but it, the FBI comes and decides they want to arrest me. You know, it doesn't really matter if the governor of, of Florida doesn't like that. They're they're going to do it unless he's going to send state troopers outside my house to protect me. So what happens? Is, what happens when ICE calls Portland and said we want to go pick up this guy that's in your courtroom right now? Yeah, but I mean that that's yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, the the problem here is that you're at a permanent disadvantage when you do not when. It, it, here's the thing, ICE. Yeah, ICE is a federal agency, but the people who run the federal government don't particularly like ice or want to help them <laughs> help them do the the job that they are ostensibly there to do but this is a permanent if you don't control if you don't control the federal government and we don't and we pretty much never have here at a permanent disadvantage because there's this extremely powerful rich and organized entity that has legal jurisdiction over everything that can just come in and just pluck you out now on the other hand, that's if you if they had to do it that way, it, it that would 
let's say you, you want to arrest your political enemies with the FBI or what ATF, whatever. You could do that, but that's really labor intensive. It wouldn't take long before you, you have created so many political enemies that you functionally couldn't do that as well. But my, my, my point with this is, yeah, this might be the start of something, but it could, it could get a lot nastier than people seem to seem to realize. It has to. It has to. And so, like, the, the extra, Michael Lind, who we've interviewed in the 90s, said that, like, the, uh, he said jury trials were, like, this is, jury trials made sense before, but it, uh, it, it's not going to work anymore. And he, he basically said that because um, uh, the same way white people would not convict the, the white murderer in the South, uh, he said that basically urban ethnic people are doing this now. And that was in the 90s. Well, we've had a long time. And uh, I mean, if you go up, if, these people are hip to this stuff. I mean, if you like, there's the 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 thing about the uh, the video of like the ethnic kid beating up the white kid. Like the last time someone that was posted, like, uh, the quote tweets were just like, well, I guess white kids can't fight. You know, the, the thing about this is like, why does that not really help? And, and I don't think it helps because the idea when is that, Hey, 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 look at this. There's this big injustice. So, Hey, Hey, you big guy, come over here and help us fix this. Or if not big guy, uh, reasonable, moderate people. Hey, Hey, you reasonable, moderate people come in here. Look at this big injustice. Look at what this Look at what this crazy DA is doing, which also works in this case. That that shit's over. It's over. like like th this thing where you say, "Hey, hey, hey, look, that what this this guy is doing is injustice. This is not like um, this does nothing. This does nothing. There's no person to appeal to in all that you're doing. See, this is like I love the example of doing this in China because like imagine uh, you you were an American, you got your way into Soviet Union. And they just nabbed you and took you to jail. And they said that you did a bunch of things there, you, you there's nothing that you can do that, where you're like, Hey, Hey, look at this. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. These guys aren't treating me properly. Well, of course they're not. And, and there's the, this doesn't work that way. And so we have to go to the next level. It looks like a few people, DeSantis offered it. Now that that couldn't work because these guys are running in a campaign against each other. I understand that, but well, and, I mean, and it also couldn't work because it was even if DeSantis hadn't done like whatever, if DeSantis, if he had declared concurrently, emphatically that he wasn't running for president, it didn't matter. Trump still wouldn't have done it. The photo op, he's going to he's going to use it for fundraising uh, and a bunch of other stuff, which is primarily what Trump cares about. Well, well yes. And, and here's the thing. You, you just say like, the, the, the thing. And I talked about this a little bit on Twitter, too. Trump can't run for president and hide in Florida from extradition. You can't do both of those things at once. They're mutually exclusive. But if you, if, because if you do that, and especially if you if you hide under the protection of your main rival and your political party, you're not going to be the you're not you can't be the nominee. You can't run for president while you're you're hiding out in the state, uh, and and you and you don't want to give that power to your political rival. So like he 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 was go always going to go do this. The 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 big difference here is, like, you know, there are a lot of people today 
who like they're very very sure about what's going to happen. And I would love to like tell tell listeners like I know exactly I can tell you exactly how this is going to play out, but I have no idea because like this is such a it, it, it it's not just that it's unprecedented. There's just a billion different ways this all could this all could go out. Like a a, a judge like legally Fredo, a judge the judge could throw this case out, right? Yeah, actually, there's a pretty strong likelihood of that, that the, the statute doesn't even apply to Trump's situation because even if he committed the crime, it was federal, and that doesn't fall under the rubric of fal- falsifying New York business records you know, in relation to a New York crime. Here's the problem. You, if, you're, if you're Alvin Bragg, you've escalated this to where you charge the president, the former president of the United States, something that's never happened in the, in the history of our country. You know, two what two hundred fifty? How many? How many years? It's been since seventeen seventy six, right? It has never been done before. It's been considered, but nobody ever pulled the trigger. You've escalated to something, something big. This is going to be in the history books. So now, if the judge throws this case out, that that's going to look really like saying it's going to look bad is kind of an understatement. That would almost be a historic humiliation, and. You do that, and that's probably. Do we think that is a political W for Donald Trump if this case gets thrown out? Uh, everything's a W for him from now on. I mean, unless he like <laughs> literally is put in prison, yeah, like and actually can't run because he is incarcerated. Everything from here on out is just a colossal huge W for him. A big part of the motivation for this, by the way, was very obviously that the Democratic Party wants him to be the nominee. Um, but the. To, to your point, though, I don't know that if it does get thrown out that it is like I don't think it matters anymore because the number of persuadable people is just too small. Like the the de- the people that think this is a good idea now, if it gets thrown out tomorrow, are still going to think it's a good idea. They'll just think some cor- they'll come up with a reason that some corrupt judge did something bad or whatever. It doesn't matter. They can, the television can just make up something. It doesn't matter how ridiculous it is. The television makes it up and broadcasts it. And if you're a Democrat, you're going to believe it. And if you don't think that's the case, think about the stuff that the television says about gender and children <laughs> and what you would have thought about if I told you, Hey, this is what the mainstream democratic party is going to believe. Cause TV told them to, if I told you that 10 years ago, you would have said I was crazy. Look where it is today. So I don't think that actually is a humiliation for them because it's just it. Their people will believe it. Doesn't matter whatever story they tell. It's they have uncritical buy-in. Now the other, but but what it does do is it may embolden, you know, to use the MTG term like national divorce type stuff. And I don't mean I'm. So when Marjorie Taylor Greene said that, I mean, she clarified to say she didn't mean a literal dissolution of the country. She well, that's meant, illegal. Do you mean that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the peanut cow. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And I don't mean a literal dissolution of the country either. I just mean state of <laughs> what uh, uh, SIGTAU states going their own way, if you want to call it that. But likewise, taking what they can get. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe a two, you know, a one America policy, kind of like we have a one China policy with Taiwan and China, you know, uh, that, you know, certain regions of the country become like Taiwan to the federal China. You know what I mean? I don't know. Something in that direction, just increased levels of freedom from the federal government, I guess, you know, on a broad, to put it broadly. Well, okay. Then you're, you're this. This is like the good ending version. You're saying, like, yeah, 
the judge throws this out, and everybody kind of not really goes back to neutral corners, but that would be like the judge throwing this out would de-escalate the situation. I think there's a, there's a chance that that doesn't happen because do you want to be the judge? Like this guy is, I believe his daughter worked for Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. He's a, he's a true blue Democrat in in New York. Does he want to throw out this case? Well, he he could do that, but that could cause him problems too much. Maybe he wants to see Donald Trump go to jail himself, so he doesn't throw the case out. At that point, I mean, if it doesn't take much for him to escalate the situation to the next step, which is why wouldn't he want Trump to go to jail? Well, there are a lot of reasons why. Have you been on Wine Mom Twitter today? Yeah, I, I'm. So I'm saying you don't know. Like, if look, if 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 the roles are reversed, and I hated Donald Trump, you know, I wouldn't want my political party to be doing what they're doing right now. Uh, you got you got to fix that mindset. But you don't let me finish. Not because I think like this is this is not good because this is going to erase our norms. Like if you're going to do this, you need to do you need to make sure that it's going to stick, it's going to work. The person's going to be in jail. You have to like it's like you know you come at the king and you you best not miss. Like I I, this seems extreme like extremely weak. Like the case seems extremely weak. There's there are too many there are too many uh, things that could happen that could that could fuck it up. Counterpoint. Do you know when the next hearing is? January, be, right? December. December. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is gonna. Uh, I don't know how the scheduling exactly works, Fredo, but it sounds like they're gonna be doing a lot of stuff during the primary season, right? Yeah, which again is to Trump's huge benefit, a uh, colossal benefit. That's a boon to his campaign. Like he should send Bragg a like a like a a gift basket. But the, despite this being a terrible. You know, it's an outrage. It's a terrible thing. I don't. I don't mean to downplay that. But here's a counterpoint to your point, though, Merrick, about if it's thrown out, like you know, the embarrassment part. No, because it's still communicating that even to people like you or me that you know, if they don't have a good case at all, they can still make your life hell and keep you in court for years and make you know bankrupt you with legal fees. Like it's not going to bankrupt Donald Trump with legal fees because he's a billionaire, but it would bankrupt you or me, right? So I think that that message gets across. Maybe I'm being uh, I'm thinking too many steps ahead, but I think that that message does get across to people. Like, hey, if I screw with these people, it doesn't matter how flimsy of a case they could possibly just pull out of their ass. They can make my life miserable. Yes, and, and that, that that's a great point. Uh, you, you, I, I get I get what you're saying, Bog Beef is like, yeah, you should just be put, pressing the gas pedal at all times. There's no there's no downside. And in and, and, and one aspect, that's true. Like, yeah, the number of persuadable people has shrunk a lot, especially when it comes to Trump. There's probably nobody, who, who, nothing. There's no, probably no subject in the country right now that has like has a more solidified breakdown of like for and against than than Donald Trump. But the thing is, this was really close it was a really close election in twenty twenty, even with all the stuff that happened. You don't necessarily you, 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 you like just throwing this shit at him, having him on trial, that's gonna scare some hoes. That's gonna scare some people away. They'll be like, well I just can't I I'm I just can't but I'm really not happy about the way things are going, but I just can't vote for this man because he was he was on trial. He's corrupt. You know, there there will be people who, who say that. And then you can say that doesn't matter because 
the election's going to be fortified or whatever. And, and, and maybe that's true. But if that's the case, then they have no reason to do this in the first place. If they are supremely confident that they have the election fortified, then you just let them run and embarrass himself again. Well, well that- no, because the prop, the, sorry, Bobby, but just very briefly, there's a margin of fortification. Like they can only fortify so yeah. much. You know what I mean? I think so. I think they still do worry about stuff. Uh, sorry, Bog. No. There, there will be some, like, yeah, this will help him in the primary, obviously. It, it, like people, there are a lot of people who were saying, well, I was, I was for DeSantis before, but now I got to get behind Trump. And, you know, whatever, that could be true. But this will, this could very well possibly hurt him in the actual election. Because there are still people who, who listen to the TV who might not, who might have voted for him in 2016 who won't vote for him in 2024 because of this. I don't know what that number is and if it, if it matters, but that number's probably bigger than the people who would vote for him because of this. Like they say, you can't, you can't arrest your political opponents. I'm, I'm against Joe Biden now. I think the number of people who would... You could, it's easier to chase people away from Trump than to chase them to him by doing this. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> by the way, I'm going to be in a debate Thursday. What's it about? I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Mm. Well, I think it's immigration. Yeah, I think I, I wasn't told. I know which side you're going to be on this debate, huh? Yeah, I'm going to be anti-immigration. Should be a lot of fun. But um, anyways, back to this. Uh, okay, so the reason why the thing about, well, should, should, should we do this? Should we do that? Well, the Democrats, there is no central thing that... There's no mother brain that says, is this, is this trial good for, good for us, the Democrat mother brain or, or bad for Trump. Right. There's just a lot of people. This guy, it's good for him. He's on TV. You could tell he just got a fresh haircut for you. You know, he went on TV, got a new suit on TV. That's good. You know, he went down to the big and tall shop and got him a nice size 50 suit. Yeah. I'm sure in my, his mind. He's a guy, he's thinking, I'm going to do this, get some good press. I'm going to show I'm tough and I'm going to, I have a, maybe I'll have a shot at governor or something like that. Um, and, and that goes for a lot, especially with the Democrat party, which is more dispersed. What, what should, and now the thing about the dirty tactic stuff, the way to do this for the Republicans, I think DeSantis has showed some of this the way to do this is that it like what republicans can't be like democrats where you were like um you know like in philadelphia where like all these people were there to cover up the windows and stuff like that you know what i'm saying yeah we it's wrong we that's not how you could do with the republicans what you need is i'll take care of this for you you need these governors need to step up and say, we'll take care of this. We have guys on payroll and, uh, we'll do, we'll, we'll take care of business for you. You just need to send us money, give us some votes, join the club, come out, come out, uh, you know, buy, uh, uh, buy an autographed coffee mug, stuff like that, get involved, but we'll do the dirty stuff. And that, that's, that should be the, that's that's the way the Republican Party needs to think about the future if they want to have a future. It's the only way to go forward because we you can't do 
90s stuff anymore. There's no one to appeal to. You can never say, look at this. These guys are being dirty dogs. It, it, because all this does at this point is tell people, you know, like in, in the Soviet Union, nobody, like all these people in the Soviet Union, nobody thought that, that like, well, you know, the, 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 well, comrade Stalin is a real, is a real, uh, you know, uh, real decent ruler, but I could be convinced if you showed me, no, they were scared and these people, and that's what the Democrats are doing. Democrats are scary. And they know if you say something about, uh, about, um, Bud Light, Bud Light representatives or, or white people or stuff like that, they'll fuck you up. They will, they will mess you up. Sorry. Uh, and that, that works. It works. And we're past the point where you, where you can, where you just, well, we're the sweeter, where the Republicans will say, we're just the sweeter people. We're just the nicer guys. We're such a nice guy. And why don't the people love us? Why don't all these professionals love us? We're so nice and fair, but you love these jerks. Why are you like this big jerk? You know, the Democrat party, because that's how people are. Thank you. Okay. So there are a couple, there are a couple different, like there are, levels of what can happen the 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 lowest level the the least escalation the soft this is what we said earlier the the charges get dropped and this just joins the like you know two impeachments and all this stuff and this basically doesn't doesn't really become a, a factor at all politically later on that's that's possible i don't know i mean that really comes down to the to the judge and you know maybe I guess how people receive it because they you know that that political party is they have their ear to the ground not to what regular people think they don't care but what their what what their cast thinks and if if they if they're not sure about this they might drop it second second stage would be you're gonna have a, you you are gonna have a trial and you're gonna send his ass to court during the presidential campaign not during a primary during a presidential campaign. So that you make the entire campaign about him being a lawless villain. And he might, I don't know, he might literally have to be in court and not out on a campaign trail. You know, the, I don't know if, if we looked around, things aren't going great for the for, for, for uh, Joe Biden. People aren't necessarily very happy. He's, he's like underwater, opinion-wise. Things are shitty. It would, be, it would be really nice for him to be able to just not have to d- deal with that at all. And everything is about... Donald Trump being criminal. The third level is the is the shit hit the fan. Sorry, the the s hits the fan level. That is their intention, and they will probably succeed if they really want to do this. Is to put him in literally put him in prison, to have him sit in front of a New York judge and a New York jury, and and put and put him away for you know a couple years. They wouldn't have to put him away for you know the, he could get up 136 years. He's not going to do that, but you don't need to. You put him in jail for two years. That's enough. You've 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 won if you do that. Poli- like it was as far as the election is concerned. Yeah, and it's, uh, let me wait, sorry. And it would be state prison, so it's not going to be like the type of prison where Martha Stewart went uh, for white collar criminals. I mean, he would if you put him in prison for two years, he'd be dead in six months. Well, uh, like, I I, mean, like I don't mean to sound too morbid, but like that that's what would happen. Well, he, he like he's a former president, so he gets Secret Service protection, so I don't know how that would even work. Does like he get he, it in prison? I don't know the answer to that question. Well, we have, no one's ever considered it because there was never any point where somebody's like, hey, what happens if we throw the president in prison? No, we don't think that way because that's not 
Yeah, I, I don't think the federal government's going to, I think they'll find any excuse they can not to get him that. And I think he'll die very quickly. They would get, feel like they would get such a huge W out of him dying in prison. Like a man dying in prison, that's like one of the worst fates you could have, right? Like that's yeah. the, that, that you've been broken. So they would find a way for him to very quickly die. I mean, he pro- <laughs> I mean, honestly, he might, I mean, that we know they murder people in prison, right? Like they did it to, uh, you know, Epstein and that, that's not unusual. So I don't even know if they would even have to do that though. He's an old man. If you just th- threw him in general population prison, I don't think he'd survive very long. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to cut in here. Cause we've talked about this dynamic before, which is that, you know, when, if daddy is a calm guy and like he raises his voice at the dinner table. Everybody's like, "Oh, whoa!" Uh, everybody shut up. Daddy's mad. Dad, daddy, daddy. There's something. There's something's going on. Uh, Fredo just said they're going to put the president of the United States in jail and kill him. Uh, usually, that's not the, that's not stuff that's coming from Fredo. That's like uh, you know that that might be coming from Rod Serling or or Macho Man. Not 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 uh, his. The, the principate, the Augustus. What do you? What, what, what would you put the odds of that happening at, Fredo? I, I think it's more likely than not the case is either going to be thrown out or he won't be found guilty or, you know what I mean? Right. If, if he's convicted, I would say, uh, I think like almost 100% that he's going to go to jail. <laughs> and then I, if he goes to jail, I would say almost 100% that he dies in jail. Um, but I, but the, the issue is, I don't think it's going to get to the point of a conviction. Jerry, the King Lawler's son was killed in jail. Uh, he went there for like a DUI and uh, next morning he was dead. Um, okay. So let's look at this. And by the way, that was in the jail jail, not prison jail. Um, okay. So let's look at this situation. Uh, what remember, like you gotta put, you gotta go to Soviet union, not to the United States. But, but let's just start here. What's to stop it? What's to stop it? So, okay. He goes back to court. <clears throat> What's in the way of of him going to jail and getting shipped by a thug in prison? Okay, well, first thing you got is a a judge. Well, this judge donates every nickel he has to the, to the Democrat Party. This guy is like a, 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 a psychopathic... Um, uh, <laughs> Turbo Lib fanatic. He the thing is, these people care more about the Democrat Party than any of us could ever care about the Republican Party. It's not the same kind of thing. It's not the same kind of thing. Okay, but that's the judge. So okay, but let's, we got some other things going on. Uh, well, let's go to the jury. Well, it's a jury of your peers. Uh, well, it's not a jury of your peers. It's a it's a Manhattan jury. And uh, if you do a random call in Manhattan and if the prosecutor is any good, he can get 12 people on there that uh, sit around. You know, by the way, like I don't know if you guys heard, but it's really expensive. And by the, and you can't be a felon, right, if you want to be on a jury. Yes. That that depends on the state, I believe. So I actually don't know the answer to that in New York. Well, uh, Manhattan is really expensive. Like, I didn't really understand. Like, people lived in Manhattan for a while. I thought you had to, that you drive to Manhattan to go to work. Not many people do, by the way, live in Manhattan. I mean, it's, it's, well, I mean, it's all relative, but it's only a little over like a million people live in Manhattan. But when compared to like almost nine million live in New York City writ large, right? It's the, it's, 
Brooklyn and Queens are both have a way like double or triple population of Manhattan. The the breakdown is really bad for for him too. It's going to be oh, it's going to be uh, we lost Bog Bay. It's going to be rich people who hate him, and like like uh, the other other group of people who live in Manhattan are like like um, poor minorities, right? Is that is that still how there's it works? actually very very few of them way Left. way way uptown. They live like uh, like Washington Heights and North. The amount of areas where they live that are within Manhattan is rapidly shrinking or have gotcha. been rapidly shrinking. I don't know about that today uh, because of how weird stuff has gone there over the past like two, three years. But m- people doing crimes in Manhattan typically live in other boroughs. Not always, but usually. <laughs> let, let me read. I want to read something from. Victor Davis Hanson, just to set just to set the stage here. I I I, I, li- I like what he wrote. Don't agree with all of it, but here's the end part of it, the important part. All this is predicated on a simple premise: were the opposition to match tit for tat these democratic means, and in his means the the means of the Democratic Party throwing your political enemies in prison, then the republic would quickly descend into a spiral of illegality and chaos analogous to what ended the late Roman Republic. They, and they know this. In other words, the left is saying to America something along the following lines. We are so morally superior to you that we can and must employ any means necessary to achieve our unpopular political ends. But you cannot respond in kind or deter us by mimicking our own tactics, because should both parties do so, the resulting disorder would undermine the Republic. And that's something that you won't dare do. And... This is a good. This is a good point. What he's saying here is, uh, you know, I'm gonna. One party saying, I'm going to just go buck. I'm going to go buck wild. I'm pulling out the gun, and I'm going to shoot us both if you don't give me, give me your, like, give me, the, give me my way. And will the other party back down and say, okay, yeah, you got me. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have the balls to. I don't have the balls to cross the Rubicon. So, you can just be in charge forever. You know, there's nothing. There's nothing in the hist in the recent history of these two political parties to make you think that it, it wouldn't go down that way, right? Because, like, here here's the thing: what happens if they if they do? You know, by however unlikely it is, he is convicted, sentenced, and sent to jail. If basically there is no response to that, then they're correct. You just have you have complete political control over everything. If 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 you can just do that, if you can arrest the leader of the opposition party, then it's not even a matter of questioning it anymore. You de facto you are in the you are in total control of the, of the entire country, right? Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, you know, you're making a, a, a but you're both making good cases for why actually this could just go through to its conclusion and he goes to jail because you're right. I mean, the Republicans have indicated at every possible turn over and over and over and over and over and over again that they're very, very satisfied just being a bought and paid controlled opposition, right? Like repeatedly over and over and over and over again. So like the question is, does anybody i don't it doesn't have to be at the party level it won't be is there an individual who would be steely enough to like cross the rubicon in that situation and take advantage of it i think that's that's the question has to be it'll have to be an individual because we the 
Democrats and Republicans are uh, like as far as the makeup of the customers, which is what should drive the party. They're not the same. Um, there's just never going to be like a DSA. The Republicans on a grill and um, that's not the worst thing in the world. You can still operate like that. I mean, that's how like uh, if you have a king, well, you know, if you, if you go there, if you go to if you want to get in, uh, if you're live in Singapore, we need to learn how to grill because you're not going to be involved in politics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what fine. I was going to say. Like the whole thing about monarchy, monarchy is based around everybody deciding they're just going to grill. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I the thing like Republicans just want to grill. No, not really. And, and this goes back to something you said earlier about you know this judge is a guy who there are people who worship the Democratic Party and like like a like a god, and and for the same reason that people worship gods because like you you there's advantage in it. There's something you can get out of it. There you know you, you're you're there's a powerful entity that can help you. And there is no equivalent for the Republican Party because they just simply don't offer any of that. So it's not that, like Republicans just want to grill. I don't think that's true anymore. Like certainly the people I know who were into the into the MAGA movement or whatever you want to call it, they're not just like I just want to grill. No, they 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 want stuff. They're just not getting it from from this party, which you have to go. Like, I think you kind of got to go back to the seventies, right? You got to go back to when they did a coup. The coup against Richard Nixon, right? And he was removed from office. His own party, like the 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 secret police, went after Nixon, and his own party cucked and agreed to help them get rid of him. And after that point, there was nothing in the Republican Party that offered anything other than a brief respite from you know, great society bullshit, right? They, they just, they just decided we can't, we can't, we literally can't do anything because even if you did the minuscule stuff that Nixon, and Nixon, by the way, was no like radical right wing person. He got a lot of work done for the libs during his time too, but that yeah. was still too much. That was too much. This, this is, this is it. If you, if you step over this line, then you're going to you're going to you're going to end up like Nixon almost ended up in jail. He could have. They decided not to not to bother with it after they made him resign in, disgr- in disgrace. Well, he didn't get a bullet like Wallace. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you, you the people who fought in like Reagan and Bush, they played ball. What did what did Reagan like? Re- it's funny thing because the boomers love Reagan. What did Reagan really do? Uh he, he he was he was really soft on immigration. He helped them get gun control. He lowered taxes of people who, you know, didn't do anything anything good for my family. That's for damn sure. I guess he helped the, some of the foreign policy objectives. Right? That's it. That sounds to me like somebody they could cut a deal with very easily. Right? So who since then who have we had in the Republican roster who remotely offered anything other than that? The same stale horseshit we've seen for forty years is Trump. Trump did it in 2016, and whether or not—I mean, God, the man has so many faults. He was—he was—he did not do a good job as president, either executing his his plans or especially with his personnel decisions. You know, that was the brief, like a brief four window period where things got a little bit better for us, for our for our people, you and me, Bog Beef. You know, our people, things got better for us for a little bit, he and did, that was too he much. He did stop immigration to a certain extent. Yeah, but but 
anyway, my my point with all this is, you they they these two parties are not the same, and it's not like it. I don't even think it's a matter of a conspiracy. Like the you know we're we're, con- we're even we're content to be an opposition party forever. They have been they're like a dog that's been beaten for so long it doesn't really know how to be a dog anymore. It just knows how to avoid getting kicked in the ass by angry people. And Trump was a step away from that. He was a step in the opposite direction. He welcomed their anger. We talked we talked about this when we talked to Senator Scott yesterday. He went up on the stage and he had all the during the Republican primary, he had all these people booing him. They were booing him in the primary, like on the primary debate stage. That would have been the end of a political career for a lot of people, having the, the crowd boo you. He just looked at them and said, all these people, you know, the Chamber of Commerce paid and brought these people in. They're not, they don't, they have nothing to do with the actual Republican base. I don't care what they say. And that's an insane, that's an incredibly dangerous attitude to have, even if you don't back it up very well. <laughs> with how you actually execute the job. This is one of the reasons why they hate him. And it's one of the reasons why I can see them, I could see them convict this man and, and, throw, and put him in jail and throw away the key. Because it's like, it, it's, it, it, the uh, allusions to the Roman Republic, the Victor David Hansen, you know, we're, we're good. Like, we talked about this briefly on our podcast, you know, the Gracchi brothers, the Roman reformers, the early yeah. populares. They just the Senate just killed them. They just had a, a, a you know groups of people with knives just fucking I'm sorry just stabbed them to death and killed them, and that worked for a while. It worked. It worked with the Gracchi. It almost worked with Marius, but eventually this this strategy fails you. You can't just you can't do this forever. But how many how many years can they, could they buy if they if they did this to Trump? If they if they destroy Trump right here and right now and nobody does anything about it. Nobody's going to stand up and stop it or even suggest how in the future you could avoid this. This could buy them another generation of being in power. And what is that worth to, to somebody like, you know, not Biden because he's senile, but to, to, you know, Chuck Schumer, whoever, whoever you want to say. Also, uh, RIP Saturnine and uh, Catalan, also <laughs> populist murdered by the uh, Senate. <laughs> The oligarchy. Curse you, Cicero. Yeah, uh, and uh, th- there have been people. There's been some squishy stuff. Like there's a uh, here. Here's a Vox article. I just I don't want to. I'm not going to read the whole thing because Fredo already outlined why the theory is bad. But this is a Vox.com article. The do the dubious legal theory at at the heart of the Trump indictment explained. No one knows if Donald Trump can be prosecuted for the hush money payment to Stormy Daniels. This is by Ian Millerhauser. Uh, uh, a, a, a progressive liberal writer. They're acting very squishy. So those people are acting very squishy about this, but they're the talking heads. They don't really matter. They don't, they don't, I don't think they don't drive. Like Ian Millenhouse is not driving policy, but even some of them are kind of like, eh, I don't know about this. Do you guys think that matters at all? I mean, not really in the, it's indicative of some of the zeitgeist, right? Because like Ian Milhauser doesn't have a lot of independent thoughts, right? He more aggregates things (laughs) things that he hears. I mean, I don't know where he lives. I'm going to assume he lives in New York. Uh, He just, he's the aggregate of things he hears in and around New York, right? You know what I mean? So it, 
it, it can be an indication of that. You know what I mean? And some of those things that he's hearing in and around New York, they do have, like if you were to f- able to follow them magically to the source, they were coming from people who matter. So that's, it's hard to say, but that's at least potentially true. This, this kind of reinforces what Bog said earlier about, you know, there's no mother brain. This is people acting. Well, I have to be able to criticize the concept of the cathedral in like recently, you know, that it's a bad description or whatever, but it's not because like, this is a perfect example of this. Alvin Bragg's not necessarily getting a, a shadowy call in the middle of the night from George Soros telling him to do this. This is just people. These are these are chess pieces that have been put in, you know, put in position, and well, not chess pieces because chess is a chess piece is literally controlled by a player. These are things like you know, they're they're things that have been put in motion. They're dominoes that have been knocked over. They're going to fall the way they're going to fall. They like this is, and maybe they don't know exactly what's going to happen either. And I'll, they should be cautioned in the sense that, all right, well, Fredo, you said this is like evidence to you that they want Trump to be the nominee. And I, I kind of agree with you. It does seem like they do want that because they think they have the best chance of beating him. That's what they said in 2016 explicitly. They were rooting for him to be the nominee. Hillary, Hillary's campaign was basic, was not quite helping him, but close. Like they, they really wanted this and they were shocked when she got her, when she got her doors blown off. That could this this whole thing could easily make that happen again. They're not sure, like what the, what this really does. If you don't throw him in jail, if you just throw mud at him and it doesn't stick, he 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 might come out of it. You know, he might slip out of it like he always does, and and be stronger because of it. It's possible, but the the difference between 2016 and today is like they didn't really know how to do election fortification yeah. in 16, and they do today. So they're not going to get caught off guard like that again. And I've said this before, but the the strongest possible Republican candidate is the one who is able to do. It's not quite the same things the Democrats do, but like actually have like a real tactical approach to trying to minimize at the edges where and how much of that stuff they're able to do as well as do as much of that sort of stuff that a Republican can do. You know what I mean? And they know that he's not going to do any of that. Like he's not that guy. He's going to rely on the magnetism of his popularity and rallies and things like that. And that's the kind of campaign that's I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that type of campaign in a vacuum, but like that's the kind of campaign that's easier to beat with election fortification procedures. Yeah. So the thing about the mother brain, which by the way, was a factor in Rome. Uh, the Senate was n- never united with the Senate was an oligarchy. And this is why you had situations where uh, they sh- Pompey should have been made the temporary emperor of a uh, big king, big kahuna of, yeah. uh, of this, of the Senate. But that's not how they work. That's just not how these people are wired in the same yeah. way. And there are a lot of, this is a great, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I've been rewatching, I've been rewatching Rome and I've been trying, everybody DM Bog Beef and, and try to shame him into watching it. I was, I was watching it and there's, you know, the, the, one of the big parts of the first season is the battle of, you know, Pharsalus where he, lo- where, you know, where he loses the civil war and in the, in, you know, in real life, what hap- part of what happened was his other his sen- uh, 
colleagues in the Senate were like, you need to fight this battle now. Otherwise, we're going to assume that you're trying to, 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 you know, to hold on to power and just you know, ride this out and, and become dictator. They were scared that Pompey was going to try to, you know, try to do what Caesar was doing. It's like they should have all been on. The, if there was a mother brain, they would have been totally behind Pompey. We need, we need to get behind this guy 100% and get rid of Caesar right now. And we worry about what happens next later. But they didn't. Right up until the moment they lost the, the Civil War the first time, they were just complete. They were completely on. They were on a totally different page because they're all here. You know, they all have their own, you know, particular things that they want. Like Pompey, for example, did he care? Did he care as much about Caesar's land reforms as like Cato or Cicero? There's no way he did because that wasn't as like materially important to him as it was to them. And that that is a great point. These people, like we we. We like to think of our enemies as like united and one, like large organic machine that has a, that has something a, a brain controlling all the limbs. But that's rarely how it works in real life, and that's why you can have these moments where what should be a, a touch like a touchdown for your political faction can turn into like a horrible defeat. Also, that's just not how we think. So that like yeah, if 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 Republicans were Democrats, we would make Obama the big guy and and like, well, and Obama would make the decisions. And as, as people like us or conservatives or whatever it is, the monarchist or whatever, one thing that goes with the, with the, which by the way, like every military in history works like the way that, 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 the, that we think that the MAGA guy thinks like the Viet Cong had like a chain of command. And the reason why you do that, the reason why you want someone... That's the worst example you can pick. No, but I mean, people think of the Viet Cong as like a, like just random terrorists and stuff. But even them, like even that example, that's what I mean is it's a bad example. Even them, they had a chain of command. No, well, I mean, the Viet Cong's big problem is that they were not a, a yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, it's just, we won't get to the weeds, yeah. Right, and so, like... The thing, like the reason, like one of the things that we like about that is that there's responsibility attached. Who was in charge? Yeah. You know, what happened? The se- someone didn't lock up last night or you left the burners on. Who was in charge? They don't do that. That's not how they think. This is like they, they, ch- they chop down the tall trees, et cetera. But they, if they have the oligarchy brain, which is, and like, if one of the them. The empire brain. And, and like, you can see this in the Roman Senate or you can see them today. Like, by the way, the Democrats would would they have they would have no problem uh, backstabbing and and throwing in a shallow grave any of them. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're Hillary, uh, uh, Biden, uh, Soros. They don't like. That's not how they think. That they, they and if and this is why in the Senate, as soon as someone started advancing themselves too much, they say, "Wait a minute, you you're trying to yep. to be a big bull. You want to you're gonna." rise above the rest of us we don't do that buddy you know what i'm saying yeah 100 percent. you you hit the nail right on the head that's exactly the thing the whole point of it is no one's supposed to get too big for their britches in that kind of a system and that by the way is why those systems are unstable yes. like oligarchic systems because the either you end up in a situation where no one is able to effectively make decisions or someone does try to effectively make decisions and then that leads to one of two outcomes. They kill that guy or he ends the oligarchy, right? By becoming the 
the authority figure. By the way, since I'm getting wild enough tonight, Donkey Bite One says the wild card in 24 is RFK Jr. beating Biden for the nominee. I don't consider that likely, but even if it were, I mean, come on, he's a Kennedy. They're obviously just going to kill him. I mean, they're, they're, they, that's, <laughs> that's like just par for the course, right? Like that's, I mean, they do that, you know, being a Kennedy and going stepping out of line, you just, you die. That's just what happens, unfortunately. I know you're listening to this right now. Come and get your boy. He's getting buck wild. We, we're <laughs> hey, I got to grab a drink. Quick. Yeah. Okay. So we don't even need to, we don't even need to go to the Viet Cong. We have our own homegrown version of, of this, our revolutionary war, right? The British generals in that war were like up until the, uh, pretty much up until York. Uh, yeah. Literally up until Yorktown. We're like squabbling with each other. And there were moments in time where, one, you know, you can. I could march down from New York and 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 help out one of the other armies, but I'm not going to do that because then that guy, then you know, then this guy is going to become, you know, one of the king's favorites. He's going to he's going to get his prestige and his fame up, and that's going to hurt me. So screw him. And this is how you this is how you lose you lose wars. Whereas you can you could flip it around and look at okay, what about the what about the uh, the you know, the Continental Congress? There were people who didn't like George Washington and fight him. Like Sam Adams actually tried to get him removed as commander in chief at one point, but for the most part, everybody fell in behind George Washington. Even if he wasn't like the best military strategist in the world, everybody pretty much fell in line. He became our first national hero, our first celebrity. He could have made himself king, but he didn't. And just by simply falling in behind this one figure. That made him far more dangerous than, like the British army ever could have been, because you have these these little oligarchical factions are squabbling with each other, and like our, our good friend Lord Yarvin talks about, there was also problems in in Britain at the time between the Whigs and the Tories, who maybe the Whigs didn't actually want to win the war, etc. There was really nothing like that in in America, so. The, the the problem here is you, if you can't put yourself in the mindset of of these people. When I say it's the empire mindset, that's not literally always true. Because like the Roman Empire was kind of reversed. Like they they went from an oligarchy to more absolutist monarchy. But most of the time, the late stages of empire becomes this. This is just what happens. You can't you can't really avoid it. And you if you're not if you're not as Bobby like they dealt into the to the program, it's hard to understand how they could act. It's hard to understand how you could make, I mean, I still think it's, I still think it's a mistake. If I, if I was, no, uh, you finished Merrick. Sorry. If if I, if I was the, the mother brain of the, I, I I wouldn't want to do this because like, like why, why bother doing this? You, you, you're already, you're already in the catbird seat. Why, you know, why roll the dice here? You can just not, you could just not do this and still in, 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 remain in power why why risk it for the biscuit which is like poppy saying hey look if we just wait a little bit we'll be in yeah. a perfect situation to win and these in and, and the senate was like ah i want to be back home my wife is bitching we just finish it just finish it well i mean it's funny because like that that's hilarious because like they kind of in, in the in the tv show they 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 simplify a lot of stuff when they do that there. They're like, oh, we'll be more honorable, blah, blah. We want to do this. Like in real life, what they were concerned about was I can't let Pompey get too powerful. Like, we can't let this happen. We need to, we need him to, 
we need to finish this war and and and, and no no more dictators and we can all go back and we can wear our togas and we can get back to the business of of stealing everything and, and so if if you're if you're them it would make sense don't 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 bother with with Donald Trump you probably have him dealt with anyway through fortification right but you know maybe they don't feel that way Something uh, something just actually came to mind when you were talking about late, late stages of empire in terms of like a way, one way this potentially all ends. I mean, this could keep going on and keep getting worse and worse for a while. And we keep thinking about it in terms of like, well, it'll get bad enough that there'll be like some sort of Caesar situation, right? But there is another another sort of option here in terms of way it could go. And that's something that I think it was probably over a year ago, uh, Angela Nagel said on this show, and it could be more like an Ataturk figure, which would, which I think would be in our context would be a Democrat, right? Who rose through the ranks and realized that like, this just isn't sustainable anymore. We got to wind this shit down. Um, I'm not saying that's likely, but that's another way that all this could end. Yeah. I mean, so I've thought like, so uh, one of the things that if, if you go look up, things people say bad about us they say that we are advised like um uh people get their acceptance letter to harvard mit they turn on the good old boys and i and i tell them to go become a plumber like that (laughs) that that happens right and of course i've never of course i've never thought about this situation which by the way like why we talked this before like why is the plumber thing come up uh, plumber. The reason plumber come up is because you got to be a U.S. citizen. So they make like way more money than any of the other person in the trades. But I'm not in the trades. Uh, but anyways, like I, I'm of course like you're not like. I mean, I've never told anybody to. But by the way, like so what? Like what if I was actually get like? And I've seen these people give advice. The people that criticize us about this, they'll say like, which I don't do that, but they'll say like, well, actually, here's what you need to do once you get accepted to Harvard. Well, you need to get into like start reading like evil and stuff like that and like work under scenes for like right wing stuff. And like, so, so first I've never thought about what, uh, like what to say about this, but like, you know, one of the things like, why don't you just become like, why wouldn't you just become a sleeper? Like, w- wouldn't you be more effective? Like if you became like a big Democrat, like, yeah. if you became a, like, if you're, if you're a super right wing guy, you're 18 years old, you get accepted to Harvard and you have, a, you can either join the young Republicans and, and, uh, become like, like, let me tell you the, like, the chance of you being in near any level of power is pretty damn low. Like you're going to post Mimi stuff. There's like a 50% chance that you'll get doxxed and then, then you'll, you'll be, you'll be ambulance chasing for no money. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like, uh, if you actually were like, I'm like, I, and, and these people are, are the people that are like maximal political stuff. Right. So the, the, the advice you give should have nothing to do with like personal success or stuff. It should be like, how do you start the revolution or whatever? Well, I mean, like if this was like a video game or something like what you should become a sleeper agent, you should like, you would definitely be near like, uh, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, exactly. it's it's funny. Fyodor Tain just said what I was actually just about to say when you finished. There's there's a category of poster on Twitter who believes that Gavin Newsom is that. Like everything that you just said that you just said, like that's Gavin Newsom. He's just being a good soldier, escalating up, and then he's either gonna be the 
he could go either direction, I guess, the Ataturk or the Caesar or whichever the case might be, because he realizes that what the Democrats aren't doing is is sustainable. I'm not saying that that's true, but like there is very much a category of poster that does claim that is Newsom. And I've even seen uh, I wish I could remember who I, who who it is that posts about this now that like, oh, if you're interested in this kind of thing all the stuff that you're talking about, Bog Beef, it's like you should try to go work for Gavin Newsom right now. The yeah. problem with this is that political ideology doesn't really exist. If you're, if, you're a, if you're a school teacher and you know that the Democrats pay your bills, you're going to be a Democrat. And if you are a plumber or you're a white guy that can't get into Harvard because you're white, you're going to be a Republican. And so that's really the problem with all this kind of yes. stuff. Well, it, it it goes beyond that too. Like the the school teacher is a great example because like school teachers have become insanely political, and if you're old enough, you remember there's a time when this is not true. Uh, your your school teacher in elementary school was a nice lady who got married and she helped. She finger painted with kids all day, and she didn't really have a lot of strong opinions about anything. And why is that? Well. Because she got married and she had a, and she had a husband who's making a hell of a lot more money than she was as a teacher, so her fate as a human being was not tied to the fortunes of the of the organ like the political organization that ran the school system. She was like you know Mrs. Smith was more concerned about whatever was going on with Mr. Smith. In fact, a lot of them would get married, have a kid, and, and quit teaching. That was a, that was a, a big thing that happened anyway. So so there's that the 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 whole sleeper cell thing. Yeah, that's funny, and this is why. Like, if you get accepted to Harvard and you're going to Harvard, I don't have anything to say to you because there's no point anymore. You 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 can't, and you couldn't be a sleeper cell. It's like saying you're going to go you're going to go be an undercover agent in the bathhouse for 20 years. It doesn't like doesn't matter what your intent was when you go in. <laughs> by, by the time you come out, you're going to you're going to be something different. And, and you know and by the way, this goes for the the people that who are you talking about who complain about what we do like they're they've just been living in most of them have been, like, been living in the bathhouse some figuratively some literally for a long time so they they who cares what they think and yeah this is not how how any of this crap works political ideology can be real but it's not the thing that drives most people and you know like, I don't think that most people derive their values from their political ideology it's the other way around like you have you pick you pick this thing that fits your your actual values so you know th th this is all a push but you know this kind of brings me to a point we've been talking about trump up until now trump might not even be the most important court court case that we're going to talk about tonight you know it might be more what's definitely probably more relevant to people like us well we can move on but i i, I do have a, a little short Happy story. I want to yeah go buck wild with it. All right, let's go. We make it look easy. All right, so this this is a wonderful story from last month, but we missed it, and it's important that we don't miss it. Um, from the New York Post, by the way, who I guess they're I don't know they they, they seem to do pretty good, or don't they? The New York Post. Yeah. What do you mean? They've not been so insanely left wing as all the other outlets lately. No, that was like that's their that's the New York version of a of a conservative newspaper. Yeah, but. the post the post is a Murdoch publication. Uh, it's there. So in the in New York, there's two tabloids. The New York Post is the right wing one, uh, and the left wing one is the Daily News. But it's still New York, so like even their right wing newspaper is not correct. Very, very that is very true. Yeah. Well. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, well, even the magazine that publishes uh, uh, extreme super fascist uh, Lord Mold, Lord <laughs> Yarvin also publishes Ben Berger. So that's just kind of how, how the world works. <laughs> Uh, but okay, so this is a wonderful story, and I I was I need stuff like this. There was like there was one that I was sort of waiting on my whole life. Like I, and I'm not like a bad person, but I wanted a story to happen where somebody fell into like a, a giant industrial wood chipper. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> and that happened. I know what you can talk about now. Yes. Okay, so well, I don't think you do. I do. February 27th, wild video captures mob boss escaping from prison with bedsheet rope. <laughs> okay, never mind. I thought you could do with the lady who got Willy Wonka in the vat of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Does that really happen? Yeah, RIP, people, by the way. But. No, I think she lived. And supposedly, I saw, I, you know, it's the internet, so maybe it was some, somebody posted a fake article, but like she fell into a vat of chocolate when they had that horrible disaster at the at the chocolate <laughs> the chocolate factory in Pennsylvania and she survived and then she I don't know this could be fake news please don't get angry at me continue I want to hear, hear about the, the mob boss escape anybody wants to see the video it's amazing like they have they have the footage of it uh, I just retweeted on Twitter in case you want to see it it's amazing so uh this guy he looks I mean uh it's the most Italian-looking guy in the world. He was wearing a tracksuit at the time. An Italian mob boss has mob boss has escaped from a maximum security cell by scrambling down a makeshift bed bedsheet rope and remains <laughs> on the run as officials investigate the security lapse that allowed the Don to flee. The escape of Marco Raduano from the Badu Carus prison in Sardinia went unnoticed for two hours because the, the operations room at the facility was reportedly unmanned at the time, and no one was watching the security footage of the prison break. Cameras captured the tracksuit-clad reputed boss of the Sacra Corona Unita Mafia clan in southern Italy, scaling down a stone wall using the rope of bedsheets before jumping to the grass and darting off. It's able to quickly scale up prison's perimeter fence, escape to freedom the small city of N-U-O-R-O. How do you say that, Fredo? What's spelled again? N-U-O-R-O. N-U-N-U-O-R-O. Nuoro, on the Mediterranean Sea off the coast of mainland Italy, the daring escape. Uh, so yeah, and he's he's free as a bird. That was last month. They haven't caught him. He literally <laughs> made a rope of bed sheets like in Looney Tunes. And the, only, the only the only thing better than that would be if I brought him like a carrot cake with a file in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they had to pay somebody to go take a cigarette break or something, right? Like I figure it's got to be something like that. Okay, I, 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 here's some more breaking news. What's well, not breaking news? This is from from five days ago. But I just want to make sure that I didn't gaslight myself. Woman, comma on fire, comma falls in a chocolate vat and survives factory explosion. A woman pulled alive from the rubble of a Pennsylvania chocolate factory after an explosion that killed seven co-workers. Say flames had engulfed the building in her arm when the floor gave way beneath her. That might have been the end if she hadn't fallen into a vat of liquid chocolate. The dark, dark liquid extinguished her blazing arm, and she, uh, she, she was in the vat of chocolate for nine hours until firefighters rescued her. Nine hours? It doesn't seem like it'd be that complicated to get somebody out of a vat of chocolate. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they didn't know where she was at. <laughs> That's a good question. I'm sorry, but I'm not, I'm not laughing to, you know, to, to downplay the tragedy at the chocolate factory, but that's... 
let's uh i got one more that's i don't know this kind of thing we make it look easy mexican mafia members run profitable illegal los angeles casinos from behind bars legal casinos in los angeles are pop are cropping up everywhere from warehouses to homes are largely benefiting incarcerated members of a prison gang called the mexican mafia which by the way i was reading the other day you ever heard of serenios yeah yeah southerners you know like you know what all a serenios means is that uh you're in any kind of gang that pays that have that that like uh pays protection money to that I'm using a circular definition if I say pay to Serenios, but I thought Serenios were people like from like the the southern part of Mexico, like around Guatemala and Norteños were the. Oh, I got the okay, so I think what it means is that you pay protection money to Mexican mafia, but I'll look it up again. But it, it could be all kinds of different things. But anyways, uh, okay, Richard Velasquez, a Los Angeles County Sheriff's detective, told L.A. Times that casitas, Spanish for little houses, are everywhere. To be honest with you. It's hidden in plain sight. You don't know that's there until you know it's there. The casitas can bring in tens of thousands of dollars per week as people flock to the gambling playgrounds to operate electronic machines. Velasquez told Fox News Digital through his investigation, he's heard some of the gang members through running the gambling operation pulling $80,000 a week. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, when this was happening, this was going on in New York, and they they caught, it's been a long time, so I can't, I can't remember I can't remember which mob boss they caught, but they caught they caught him uh, running all these, the same thing, these casitas, a little, little gambling place and um, mostly slot machines. And Huey Long called him up, called up the mob boss and said, Hey, uh, just come to Louisiana, pay me 20% and you, you can, you can build them here. You can bring them, bring the machines here. Anyway, it's illegal gambling, very Lindy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I told people I used to play poker like semi-professionally. I mean, professionally, because that's all I was doing for money. But I was just uh, never got into the bigger stakes. I I knew I knew my limits. And uh, a couple times, like I would only go to the I would mostly play online, but I would go to the casino on free beer night only. Because basically, if you play, if you, <laughs> man, we are nailing the stereotypes. The the Italian guys like, hey. What's wrong with a little bit of uh, illegal gambling? And then the Scots Irish guys like, yeah, I only go to the casino when they give me free booze. Uh, <laughs> but well, if you were, oh, you finish your story. I'll tell. I got another attack onto that. So, uh, so I mean, remember this time? Like all I'm all like when you want to really play poker for money, you have to eat, sleep, and breathe it. You when you're not playing, you're doing hand problems and stuff like that. You have to really be on your shit. And like the thing is, playing in a casino, the VIG is really high and it's slow. It's really slow. These boomers take forever. So it's like you need to be in a really juicy game to make money. Now, I didn't drink beer, but you could imagine these games get really juicy when everybody is drinking for free and they're getting drunk. It was the salt, like it was so profitable because all these guys are getting loaded. So that was the only time. Now, a couple of times I went there. And by the way, like, um, I mean, I would clean up when I would go there. I remember like they would cash me out. Like I never really, it didn't get to that. Like they would cash me out. They give me like, like, you know, like $4,000 and I'm in the middle of nowhere. And I'm sitting there thinking like, like one time I cashed that really big on these free beer night. And I remember thinking like, I need to like call somebody before I make my move to the parking lot. 
because uh, I am a sitting duck right now. But anyways, uh, one of these times, like uh, not just one of these times, these guys come up to me and say, hey, my kid, you want you want to we got a house game. You want to come to it? And these things are everywhere. There are these little like this thing ain't just Mexicans in, in California. Uh, there are these little games and there is like by like so in my hometown, like we had like we had redneck mafia, but you just we didn't even you didn't talk about like it was a mafia, but like you know, it always starts with selling selling football cards. That was in like there were rednecks, there were people in my family that did that. And uh they do stuff like this. This is like the first thing you do is selling those cards, but like we have these games, and like let me tell you, that's organized crime is involved. It, it's not just regular ass people like coming to my house and we'll we'll have tens of thousands of dollars floating around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's just like uh running numbers games, numbers racket, similar th- type, similar type thing. By the way, as a nationalist, so but I do not have the gambling drug in, in me. So I mean, I've spent untold hours in casinos. I've never done anything but play poker. It's the only thing that's actually profitable. Uh, but like, I think that poker needs like a like a nationalist cutout. It is just part of American culture, and uh, it should not. It should be like misdemeanored or whatever. Uh, selling sports tickets and stuff like that. Which, by the way, I've seen a lot of the people that hate on us lately have been talking about sports betting. Uh, we've been announcing sports betting for years. Sports betting is a serious problem, uh, especially for in the South. I mean, for uh, especially football season. Sports betting is awful. It's the worst bet in the world. It's the worst bet in the world. If you like, I'm not going to get back on that, but anyways. Yes, sports betting is bad. It's also what's keeping a lot of the pro sports actually afloat right now. Even the NFL was in decline before they had started finally to decline before they legalized it. Turn on the damn TV and you'll see uh, Tony Hawk or anybody sitting there saying, log on. It's we're becoming like England where like the point of the sports is just to bet on it, which like that's how basically how things work in England. Uh, We're becoming like that. You know, well, I mean, they do actually at least have like the Chav guys that are super into it because it's repping their small town. Like we don't even have that part of it. It's all basically just just the betting. I only accept this for high line. Yeah, well, high line is designed for gambling around it, right? Like that's kind of the that's kind of the point. I was just going to tell you very briefly. Uh, you went a different direction that with that beer story than I thought you were going in because the the way to get free stuff in a casino is you got to go in the Asian games room. Like usually casinos have a separate room for Asian people and Asian people love gambling. So they get catered to really well. The waitresses come around 10 times as frequently. They got stuff in there that they don't have in the rest of the casino. You just got to learn their games and stuff, right? So like when I was younger, I had some friends that started getting into the casino so at the time, I couldn't tell you how to play now, but I just learned the Asian game so I could go in that room and, you know, just get stuff. You could get like ramen noodles in a bowl and eat that while you were playing. It was it's it was a lot more fun in there. Plus, a lot of those Asian games, like you push like 70% of the time. So like at least you're losing at a slower rate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, By the way. Good craziest thing I ever saw at a casino living near them as a kid was uh, it wasn't in the Asian games room, but this was, I think it was like, it might, it was poker actually. It was in a poker room. I saw a guy pull an ice cream sandwich out of his pocket and start eating it. (laughs) (laughs) The, 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 the work, 
I don't like gambling, uh, but I've been to the horse track at, at uh, Charlestown, West Virginia, a couple times. It's okay. Uh, the 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 most down bad I've ever seen another human being I think was there where I went into the bathroom to pee at the at the at the racetrack. So just keep in mind, imagine what a racetrack bathroom looks like. I mean, it wasn't a terrible place, but like you something, but it's something like men, a lot of old men trafficking through here. There was a I looked down at, at the at the floor and I see a man's face. I'm like, what? I, like, is this like a pervert? Nah, he wasn't a pervert. He was just taking a nap on the men's room floor at the Charlestown racetrack, just just laying there. It, you see some real, sense. real messed up stuff. Yes, you see a lot of drunk old men. It's it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty sad. I'm not I'm not a fan of it. And you know something, Fredo mentioned, like you know the the, I think when it comes to soccer, they do like they did not only did they. Not only do they rep their thing, like imagine if like the NFL had, um, I don't know, what it's almost hard to even think of a city small enough to, to for this to work. Like, like there are teams in the in the top league of uh, of soccer in Britain that have like a hundred thousand people. Like, see, like Leeds or whatever. It's not a big like in, in America. What's a hundred thousand? Uh, hundred thousand population city that you could I don't know of. Uh, Scranton, whatever you know, place like that. Imagine if they had their own NFL team. Like so, like for them, it is it is like a, 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 a thing where you can rep your city, and that works because like you have London, which has I don't know six teams divided in their neighborhoods, and then the rest is like all the little tiny cities that are left in England. And like yeah, you can be a, a real chav stuff happens. Like people stab each other and fight, and they can't they can rep it. But there's nothing like that in America. Like we, does any we have no one, one really cares thing. anymore. We have we do have one singular thing like that, and it was kind of a somewhat of an interesting thing to experience because I have been there, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and I don't yeah. even like football that much, but Green Bay is basically around that size of a city, uh, and it's just like the stadium's just kind of in a suburban neighborhood. That you know you why? Would right? expect, uh, the historical reason why. Well, it's historical and material reason why the Green Bay because it's the- like the community owns it, right? Yes. Like it's yep. yeah, it's like a community-owned team. Yeah, but like it really is like that. By the way, nicest people in the world out there. Like they, like if you're visiting and you're like rooting for the opposing team, like when the game's over, they'll be like that. You know, it's I guess classic Midwest stuff. They'll be like, "That was a really good game you guys played. Thanks. Have a good rest of your day." You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. <laughs> Not the experience you get in Philadelphia, by the way. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Although when I went, I went and saw I went and saw a Cardinals game in D.C. years ago, and you know I was wearing a Cardinals shirt and hat, and like I was you know, rooting for the Cardinals. None, none of the people were like they were all pretty much good humored like that. I've heard stories about going to Philly or Baltimore, and it's like people will pour beer on you and try to hit you and stuff like that. DC is like that, and I've also been to the National Stadium there. It's because no one's from Washington DC. No one. Why would you possibly ever give it that much of a shit about it? <laughs> oh, like, that's that's why. Got- and even if you were a multi-generational person from that area of the country, you're a Baltimore Orioles fan because there was yep. no team in Washington forever. Unless you were really old and you were like a Washington Senators fan. <laughs> exactly. But they were gone for so long. Like you would have, you know what I mean? They weren't gone for like a decade. They were gone for what, 50 years or so, you know? So, yeah. Steve Saylor says that uh, baseball was going to turn out to be like hooliganism and like, uh, 
like things are in in Europe. He's the what he said was an excuse for Irishmen to get drunk and brawl. But there was a uh, a bunch of changes. This is when the American League came out and stuff, and they banned beer and shit like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Red Sox games got got pretty wild, and uh, there there was used to be some scrapping going on. But anyways, uh, you have another. Yeah. Serious story you want to get to, right? I think this is more important for people, people like us and even Trump getting arrested. So I'll read the headline. We make it look easy. <laughs> Far-right influencer convicted in effort to use fake messages to try to trick Clinton voters in suppression scheme. This is a headline from the Daily Mail, which is also regarded as a somewhat conservative news outlet, or it used to be. It's another Murdoch thing, isn't right? Didn't doesn't Murdoch own Daily Mail? I thought he had the. Is it the Telegram? I, I don't. I, I forget which is which. Yeah. So uh, what happened? And, and we talked about this on our live stream, but it didn't make it to Patreon or, or, or anything. There was a guy named Ricky Vaughn back in the 2016 election, and he posted a meme that said, "Skip the lines and vote for Hillary Clinton by text," and it gave a text number. This is a really old joke in American politics along the vein of like, oh, I don't remember if you're going to vote for Hillary Clinton to show up on the polls on Wednesday, right? Stuff like that. And, you know, it, this is a, it is a joke because there's a, a blue check, and I put comedian in, in air quotes, this lady, like Christina Wong or something, who made the exact same joke about like Donald Trump, like in 2016 on the day of the election. Go vote. Go, make sure to vote, you know. Make sure to do this to vote, and it, it wouldn't work. This is nobody took these things seriously until they did, and the, the United the United States uh, United States Attorney went and extradited this man from Florida, from his home in Florida where he lives, and took him to I believe Brooklyn because there was uh, ostensibly because. The way the data centers worked, or whatever, they said this is actually the jurisdiction of Brooklyn, and you can imagine what kind of jury he got. And he was convicted of the, of the crime of voter suppression. It might have been even violating someone's civil rights, and he could face up to ten years in prison. And just to give you an idea who this guy was, he had fifty-eight thousand Twitter followers back in twenty sixteen. So I mean, you know, for especially inflation of Twitter followers, he's, he would have been you know probably a, a, a six-digit. How many? Fifty-eight thousand. Famously, Time Magazine rated him in the top ten most influential. Yep, MIT uh, Media Lab is the one hundred and seventh most important influencer with fifty-eight thousand Twitter followers. If you put ours together, we're not fifty-eight thousand, but we're in the neighborhood, right? Like you know, that's we're like we're, we're we're more than halfway there if you put ours together. My point with that is not to brag about how popular we are on Twitter. It's to say that. It doesn't matter how how small of a fish you are. If the eye of Soren falls upon you, they will go pluck you from your from your home state, no matter how base your neighbors are, and drag your ass to Brooklyn and put you on trial among a jury of your peers, who will then decide whether or not you should become a political prisoner or not. Just for being really good at Twitter. Yeah, like that's that's exactly what happened to him. And then people say, oh, the case will get it turned over on appeal. Maybe. But I saw somebody in the chat earlier when talking about Trump saying the process is the punishment. And in Trump's case, that's not true because he has Secret Service protection. He has a lot of money. But for us, that is, for somebody like us, that is true. 
if if they did this to you tomorrow, it would ruin your life. I mean, for this guy, he he might be in in effing federal prison for ten for ten years. It could happen. And, and nobody is safe from this kind of stuff. And this is specifically, you know, when when they say this is why I say when this is why they created the Justice Department. I mean, kind of, but not for Trump. For 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 everyday people. Because they can do this to you and you don't really have any recourse. And I think this is a bigger story, a bigger story for us than even the president becoming arrested. Because this could happen to, if you're listening to this right now, this guy could be you. Yeah, and that goes to my point of like what I said with the Trump thing, like where even if he gets off, it still sets the example that they, that they want to communicate that they can come get you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the, <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't. I, I'm unfortunately I'm not a legal scholar, but like, I, I'm pretty sure the basis of all this is that he violated people's civil civil rights by doing voter suppression. But civil, one thing, civil rights always wins. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, <laughs> the I, 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 I don't, we get it. Sometimes we get accused of you know LARPing or doing a bit when we talk about like. Reconstruction and Civil War stuff, but it's not. It really isn't the LARPer a bit. Like these things are all these things, they they all stem from the same. They all sprouted from the same seed. You can't. You literally could not separate them if you wanted to. Going see, all the way. I see a lot of people start talking about these things like we talk about them. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, the the new thing I would like to see people talk about. You know, they're already talking about Civil Rights Act and stuff. Just start thinking about why the Justice Department exists, and not in the sense that you're me so smart because you know. Like, but uh, do we need a Justice Department? That sounds crazy, but do we need a Justice Department? Maybe the states could just go back to handling these these issues. Yeah, no, we don't. I mean, we basically don't need federal crimes at all outside of uh, stuff like uh, you know, like hating the enemy or like crap, like you know what I mean, like yeah. legitimate crap like that. Not, not the way that that's used today is as like a joke, you know what I mean. But yeah, no, I mean it's we don't need we don't need that. I mean, there was a time right when the entire federal apparatus was just funded on tariffs, you know, that like it was yeah. a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. But like you know, we don't really need any of this stuff. This is, and this is the key word. We don't need any of this stuff. If you're if you're someone like us, you don't need. Not only do you not need this, it actively makes your life worse. But they do well, absolutely need this. That's because it. it this is going to sound like lame, so like you can forgive me for being trite. But the federal government, in its current form, exists as a form of imperialism. It's it's a it's. If you want to use the word this way, you can consider it Yankee imperialism. That's its point. Right. Like, because it's profitable to do that for them. Uh, Like, I'm not the people that are actually doing it, maybe doing it for like ideological reasons uh, in addition or instead of just purely like dollars and cents stuff. But there is a dollars and cents component to it. Like, you know, like Bog Beef talks about, there's this whole like sort of apparatus where you get an email job or whatever for, you know, being a part of this. But the, I mean, that absolutely is the point of it. And it's, it's just becoming like, I wasn't obviously alive in the 1860s, but uh, so I can't comment on that versus today, but that's becoming like, you know, in terms of like the lack of like, 
cohesion within the 50 states is obviously greater at any time than I ever remember. Right. And I, and I think that's what's sort of highlighting the role of the federal government in this regard. I said earlier in the show, like if you go to like these places, you were in a foreign country that's hostile to you. And I mean that like I don't this. I mean, since 2020, I don't go to those places. You know what I mean? Not the urban places. Sometimes I don't even like going to suburban and rural places if it's above the Mason-Dixon line. I'm going to be honest with you at this point in my life, but sometimes I have to, right? But I definitely behave and act a different way when I'm doing that. And I think it's unfortunate, but people are going to have to start. That's going to be the hardest pill, by the way, for people like boomers to swallow um, that have lived under the old system longer than I did. Uh, I mean, I lived 40 years under that, but, you know, there's a difference between that and having spent 60 or 70 years under that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you might have spent less than half of your life. We might spend more than half of our lives in this new world. I will say, you know, before, uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're all in agreement about Yankee imperialism, but, but you know, not, not to make light of this, there was a, I saw a, a tweet thread today. A guy said that he, he had a friend who went hunting. He went down from, I don't know if it was Vermont, Maine, whatever, one of those New England states, back going back home to New Jersey after he went hunting, and he had a accident on part of the interstate that ran through New York. I think it was only a small part of the, the of the of the interstate that he was on that ran through it. But he said an accident it was a bad enough accident that basically his possessions got thrown out of his car, and one of the possessions was his Ruger 1022. Not not you know not an AR-15, not a machine gun. It's a Ruger 1022. You couldn't get him. You couldn't invent a more fud gun. He said New York State Police or whoever whoever went to the scene found it. He caught weapon. He caught gun charges for for you know his gun fly, flying out of his car when he was in the car accident. Like in this sense, these places like yeah they they don't care how things work where you're from they don't care about about any of that stuff if you're uh, if you're a tourist and you get uh, you know mugged shot raped whatever you're going to enjoy the their version of the legal system not the from the place you came from and and yeah that is a it, it it's not really a hard pill to swallow everybody's known this their whole life what, what, what really what happens is is that you that by the nature of the beast, the way we communicate with people, especially through our social social media, it's people who just live their whole lives in these places. So, like they're they're used to it, or they have to come up with cope reasons why it's okay. But if you if you don't if you don't live in Manhattan or whatever, yeah, you you have leeway to just avoid this stuff. And and like I, you should. I don't like. I honestly don't like going any place. Whether it be like a geographic location or just like a, a a place within the state, where they don't let you carry, I don't like that. I don't like that anymore. I, I, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make me feel good because there's just there's a, there's a vibe shift when you go into a place where it's like a sign that says no you know no firearms allowed. Uh, yeah, and th- there's there's a point to this too. You you made a really important just th- point there, or at least I picked something up from it. And that's like if you go to a place like this, like you don't have to be like poking around looking for trouble. Trouble mm-hmm. can come find you, and then it's your fault, right? Like I mean, it's been made very clear that in these places, if someone assaults you and you punch them back or something, even forget even shooting them, then that's even a whole next level. Even if you just punch them back, I mean, you're obviously going to get charged with assault, right? Like for something even that, uh, 
that mild. Like that's 100% happening because you're an enemy of these places. I People are going to think I'm saying this in a hyperbolic way, but I, I'm not. Having been to like a lot of quote unquote authoritarian countries. So I'll use an example, Havana. I've been to Havana many times. I would feel way less anxious about spending a week in Havana than I would in New York City because the government in Cuba doesn't really have much of an interest in me as long as I'm not trying to overthrow it. And if someone does a crime to me in Havana, of which there's very little, like their ass is going to jail. Like they don't screw around. They don't have this concept of like, oh, like it's not the criminal's fault. You know what I mean? It's real. You know what I mean? They don't, these are foreign (laughs) concepts in places like that. So, and I mean this in a literal sense, I would feel much safer being in Havana, Cuba than New York or San Francisco if I had to spend a week someplace. I want to do something. Um, My favorite podcaster, radio guy of all time, um, Adam Carolla, he had this thing where uh, occasionally he would give out the cranberry cranberry sauce recipe, but he also had lots and lots of callers on his show. Love line would be teenage girls with uh, creepy stepdad getting loaded and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he would tell them, and he would tell them how to install a barrel bolt on their their bedroom door. He says you got to install this barrel bolt on your bedroom door. Stepdad or mom's boyfriend don't know how to. Uh, more than likely. Um, you just won't come in. You get the bearable. Well, I would like to pass on this tradition in a different way. Uh, I know, judging by the limited metrics we get uh, of our listeners, that, this, that what we just said does not include maybe even the most of our listeners. Lots of people listening to this right now, living in New York City on the grind, trying to get their paper up somewhere like that. You got to do what you got to do. You may, I may, you might not be able to get a job nowhere else. A lot of stuff is like that. So what can you do? Which, by the way, if you live in one of these places, so, I mean, all of us, all three of us are gun nuts. We carry a gun anywhere we can go. I wouldn't advise that for you, even if you could. But here's what you should do. And this is, I, the, the legality of this is not like, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm telling you to break the law anyways, because you'll be fine. <laughs> No, we are not telling you to break the law. Actually, this is parody for entertainment purposes only. We are not telling you to break the law. Continue, please. Exactly. But, I mean, this is kind of like in between New York City. But here's what you should do. Amazon, and they might have some kind of way to restrict it uh, by by your location or whatever. But you need to buy Saber, S-A-B-R-E, pepper spray. Get the little one. There's a little one in a flip top cap. There's a flip top cap. It's 10 bucks. It's 10 bucks. Saber flip top. Get the little. It's so small. It just slides right in your pocket and nobody would ever see it. It just slips in your pocket. Get that. There's get the practice one. It's a, it looks exactly the same. It's a different color. $6. It's $6. Take the practice one out. Give it a few shots. Get the idea of how it works. That's how you're going to defend yourself. Somebody fucks with you. You're downtown New York or whatever. Give them, give them a, or, or one of these damn dogs. What are these dogs that's eating all these people? Pit bulls. Pit, pit bulls, bull? yeah. Let me tell you, uh, a 300-pound thugosaurus or a pit bull, doesn't matter. You give them a shot of this, this, uh, you give them a shot of this pepper spray, they ain't coming. You're, you got some time to get away. You got some time to get away. And 
If you shoot somebody, you're going to go to jail. You don't want to shoot them if you live in one of these places. And by the way, you don't want to, I wouldn't, I would generally not shoot somebody unless they're in their, my house and, or you can drag them in there. <laughs> after. Yeah. I mean, it, cause uh, we've talked about it on the show before, but like, you're going to have a lot of legal problems, even if you shoot someone rightfully. Right. Uh, like I almost more honestly, I mean, I, I think that's good advice. Also, in I think even in New York City, pepper spray is perfectly legal. I don't quote me on that. Do well, your own research, but I, I think it is. Well, for I, I knew somebody. I I gave a girl this advice, and um, it was illegal for her to buy it where she was at, but she could carry it. Um, it's like you couldn't buy it in the borough, whatever. I don't know what that is, but you know, whatever your parents are not and get it, get it shipped to your parents' house in Ohio or whatever, but get that little saber stuff. That's it, that stuff will, that will put somebody down. I mean, you can get away, you, you get them, get them a shot of that. You'll be, you'll be completely fine. Hope y'all are listening on Twitch and YouTube. Cause ain't no way this is making it into the Patreon. <laughs> well, most of it. I mean, I would leave in the stuff about the pepper spray. Yeah, I mean that's 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 probably not the part about dragging good, the body inside. That, but that yeah, that's an old joke. I know it is. I know it is, buddy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's basic. That's basically it. Uh, I would that stuff will protect you, but you got to try it out because, by the way, this is the reason why it can take down someone's three hundred pounds because it's some bad shit. You don't want to spray that in your face. You want to t- get make sure you get the practice tube. And uh, figure it out. It's got some decent distance. Even that the little bitty one, even if your little girl got wearing a skinny jeans, you could flip it right in your pocket. You never see it. And that stuff, it, it'll shoot like, it'll shoot decent, plenty of distance that you'll need. And you can get your ass out of there. <laughs> Thank you. Anything to shill, Fredo? Nothing, man. Never. Not a shiller. Fredo went, Fredo went hard in the paint tonight. It, 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 it's, it, I mean, He's usually the level-headed one, but tonight he was doing some fed posting. I, I was really, I really enjoyed that. By the way, my local gun shop—I haven't been down there. My arms list—they posted a um, this beautiful, like seventies blued Chief Special revolver, snub nose. Uh, I, I can't tell if it's thirty-eight Special, three fifty-seven, but probably thirty-eight Special. But like, just a little snub nose Chief Special, or whatever. I was like, mmm, I really like that. Put that in an ankle holster, right? And, well, I, I think I think you do that with the aluminum, the air weight or whatever. The steel one, maybe not so much, but um, I guess you could. But anyways, uh, so I was like, mm, well, I don't know. I don't. I, by the way, I don't have any revolvers. So I was like, my dad's got some revolvers. So I'm going to go grab my dad. So my dad's got like one of these old, old, like these uh, 60s, 50s uh, Model 19s. Smith and Wesson blue. And I was like, oh, I'll see what and like I took it home to, to sort of play with it, cycle the action, cock it stuff. It's a work of art. Yeah. I mean, you if on in single action, you breathe on the trigger and it fires. And the double action is just it's just glad. I mean, it's it's just so smooth. These things were just like unbelievable. <laughs> you gonna go pick it up, man? Uh I don't think so. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get get the cheetah. Gotcha, gotcha. I was gonna say, it, d- your revolver story reminded me. Like recently, I was looking at some like just like statistics about like encounters, right, where people like fought off their uh, 
their attacker and there's like data on like what caliber they used, right? And like whether or not they were successful. Uh, a sub- a substantial like, well, not substantial, but more people than you would think like were actually like in a concealed carry situation with 44 Magnum, which is like <laughs> that, that's 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 a different level of man than I am. If you're concealing that around and carrying that around every day and having to use that in an altercation, <laughs> when you're whip, whipping out the Harry Callahan piece, <laughs> that's, a, that's a uh boomer Saurus. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, like uh, on my gun broker, there's only one gun I have on like the alert, like where it'll wake me up in the middle of the night and tell me to go buy this gun. And that is a Ruger carry Hawk. You ever heard of this? No, no. actually I'm not familiar like with a Nighthawk, but a carry Hawk is a, have you ever seen the, like the concealed carry grips that, that like they used in the wild west, like the bird's head grip. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bird's head grip, like the smallest. Um, so it's a single action revolver with a bolt bird's head grip with like the shortest barrel that you have with a single action. Cause you still got to have the, the cleaning rod or whatever, or the, the ejector rod. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, f- 44. I think it. I, uh, they make it in 44 mag or 45 long Colt. Which it'll, it, which also comes with the forty-five auto. Uh, anyways, let's just talk about the the. Uh, it also comes with the uh, the one that you can use forty-five ACP moon clips. But anyway, this, this is a Black Hawk that's designed to be like for, for like to be concealable. Is that is that what I'm saying? Is that what I'm saying? So it's a it's like a it's a it's a super shape. So it like here's what it is. So you ever seen like so the, you know the uh, the most like a concealed carry maxed out um like modern plastic gun or whatever will have like night sights shortest grip everything will right. be smoothed over and stuff like that it's that but for a single action revolver like the wild west so like it's like if you were like uh so it has it has like adjustable it has night sights but you can remove them but you don't ever have that on like these cowboy guns 44 44 mag it's got the like it is a <laughs> it's like what like like a cyber cowboy would conceal carry it is so sick can you, can, I, I, I mean i well, wait, I'll, I'll just be the, the, the wimp that says this. I don't want a gun that's small and concealable that shoots forty four Magnum. That's going to feel terrible. Can you imagine the, the, the feeling in your hand after you fire that thing one time? But you could do it. I mean, it would rough your hand, which, by the way, you used to put forty four Special on there. <laughs> the, <laughs> that's, I don't know. Fucking maniac. <laughs> yeah, forty four Special. No, I was going to say, like, the imagine the the lack of capability for you better hit that first one for follow up shots if you're single action only and you're firing forty four magnum out of something that tiny like follow up shot not going to be easy. Well, I, the other one is forty five long colt slash forty five ACP. But anyways, like either way, like imagine you get an altercation. This motherfucker bolts out a, a single a, a single action uh bur- single action revolver. Do you have to fan it like John Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like they make Based. like it's it's clearly like they made a cowboy gun for concealed carry. It is like and it's like serious. It's like it's mint. It's got the sight. It's got the real sights on it and stuff like that. They're like this is really like uh, you gotta defend yourself like cyber wide earth. It's badass. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anyways. This podcast is brought to you by Saber uh, Saber Mason and the 
<laughs> the new, the new Ruger. And Ruger. Yes, Trom and Ruger Company. <laughs> All right, guys. I had a good time. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Good night, y'all. Have a good night, everybody. Making their way the only way they know how. Let's just.